chapter eleven of imperium in imperio by sutton griggs this librivox recording is in the public domain no befitting name happy belton now began to give serious thought to the question of getting married he desired to lead antoinette to the altar as soon as possible and then he would be sure of possessing the richest treasure known to earth and when he would speak of an early marriage she would look happy and say nothing in discouragement of the idea she was belton's and she did not care how soon he claimed her as his own his poverty was his only barrier his salary was small being only fifty dollars a month he had not held his position long enough to save up very much money he decided to start up an enterprise that would enable him to make money a great deal faster the colored people of richmond at that time had no newspaper or printing office belton organized a joint stock company and started a weekly journal and conducted a job printing establishment this paper took well and was fast forging to the front as a decided success it began to lift up its voice against frauds at the polls and to champion the cause of honest elections it contended that practising frauds was debauching the young men the flower of the anglo-saxon race one particularly meritorious article was copied in the temps and commented upon editorially this article created a great stir in political circles a search was instituted as to the authorship it was traced to belton and the politicians gave the school board orders to dump belton forthwith on the ground that they could not afford to feed and clothe a man who would so vigorously attack southern institutions meaning by this phrase the universal practice of thievery and fraud at the ballot-box belton was summarily dismissed his marriage was a necessity indefinitely postponed the other teachers were warned to give no further support to belton's paper on pain of losing their positions they withdrew their influence from belton and he was by this means forced to give up the enterprise he was now completely without an occupation and began to look around for employment he decided to make a trial of politics a campaign came on and he vigorously espoused the cause of the republicans a congressional and presidential campaign was being conducted at the same time and belton did yeoman service owing to frauds in the elections the democrats carried the district in which belton labored but the vote was closer than was ever known before the republicans however carried the nation and the president appointed a white republican as postmaster of richmond in recognition of his great service to his party belton was appointed stamping clerk in the post office at a salary of sixty dollars per month as a rule the most prominent and lucrative places went to those who were most influential with the voters measured by this standard and by the standard of real ability belton was entitled to the best place in the district in the gift of the government but the color of his skin was against him and he had to content himself with a clerkship at the expiration of one year belton proudly led the charming antoinette normal to the marriage altar where they became man and wife their marriage was the most notable social event that had ever been known among the colored people of richmond all of the colored people and many of the white people of prominence were at the wedding reception 
and costly presents poured in upon them this brilliant couple were predicted to have a glorious future before them so all hearts hoped and felt about two years from belton's appointment as stamping clerk and one year from the date of his marriage a congressional convention was held for the purpose of nominating a candidate for congress belton's chief the postmaster desired a personal friend to have the honor this personal friend was known to be prejudiced against colored people and belton could not therefore see his way clear to support him for the nomination he supported another candidate and won for him the nomination but the postmaster dismissed him from his position as clerk crushed in spirit belton came home to tell his wife of their misfortune although he was entitled to the postmastership according to the ethics of the existing political condition he had been given a commonplace clerkship and now because he would not play the puppet he was summarily dismissed from that humble position his wife cheered him up and bade him to not be despondent telling him that a man of his talents would beyond all question be sure to succeed in life belton began to cast around for another occupation but in whatever direction he looked he saw no hope he possessed a first-class college education but that was all he knew no trade nor was he equipped to enter any of the professions it is true that there were positions around by the thousands which he could fill but his color debarred him he would have made an excellent drummer salesman clerk cashier government official county city state or national telegraph operator conductor or anything of such a nature but the color of his skin shut the door so tight that he could not even peep in the white people would not employ him in these positions and the colored people did not have any enterprises in which they could employ him it is true that such positions as street laborer hod carrier car driver factory hand railroad hand were open to him but such menial tasks were uncongenial to a man of his education and polish and again society positively forbade him doing such labor if a man of education among the colored people did such manual labor he was looked upon as an eternal disgrace to the race he was looked upon as throwing his education away and lowering its value in the eyes of the children who were to come after him so here was proud brilliant belton the husband of a woman whom he fairly worshipped surrounded in a manner that precluded his earning a livelihood for her this set belton to studying the labor situation and the race question from this point of view he found scores of young men just in his predicament the schools were all supplied with teachers all other doors were effectually barred society's stern edict forbade these young men resorting to lower forms of labor and instead of the matter growing better it was growing worse year by year colleges were rushing class after class forth with just his kind of education and there was no employment for them these young men having no employment would get together in groups and discuss their respective conditions some were in love and desired to marry others were married and desired to support their wives in a creditable way others desired to acquire a competence some had aged parents who had toiled hard to educate them and were looking to them for support they were willing to work but the opportunity was denied them and the sole charge against them was the color of their skins they grew to hate a flag that would float in an undisturbed manner over such a condition of affairs they began to abuse and execrate a national government that would not protect them against color prejudice but on the contrary actually practised it itself beginning with passively hating the flag they began to think of rebelling against it and would wish for some foreign power to come in and bury it in the dirt 
they signified their willingness to participate in such a proceeding it is true that it was only a class that had thought and spoke of this but it was an educated class turned loose with an idle brain and plenty of time to devise mischief the toiling unthinking masses went quietly to their labours day by day but the educated malcontents moved in and out among them convincing them that they could not afford to see their men of brains ignored because of colour belton viewed this state of affairs with alarm and asked himself whither was the nation drifting he might have joined the army of malcontents and insurrection breeders but that a very remarkable and novel idea occurred to him he decided to endeavour to find out just what view the white people were taking of the negro and of the existing conditions he saw that the nation was drifting toward a terrible cataract and he wished to find out what precautionary steps the white people were going to take so he left richmond giving the people to understand that he was gone to get a place to labor to support his wife the people thought it strange that he did not tell where he was going and what he was to do speculation was rife many thought that it was an attempt at deserting his wife whom he seemed unable to support he arranged to visit his wife twice a month he went to new york and completely disguised himself he bought a wig representing the hair on the head of a colored woman he added this wig made especially to his order he bought an outfit of well-fitting dresses and other garments worn by women he clad himself and reappeared at richmond his wife and most intimate friends failed to recognize him he of course revealed his identity to his wife but to no one else he now had the appearance of a healthy handsome robust colored girl with features rather large for a woman but attractive just the same in disguise belton applied for a position as nurse and was successful in securing a place in the family of a leading white man he loitered near the family circle as much as he could his ear was constantly at the keyholes listening sometimes he would engage in conversation for the purpose of drawing them out on the question of the negro he found out that the white man was utterly ignorant of the nature of the negro of to-day with whom he has to deal and more than that he was not bothering his brain thinking about the negro he felt that the negro was easily ruled and was not an object for serious thought the barbers the nurses cooks and washerwomen the police column of the newspapers comic stories and minstrels were the sources through which the white people gained their conception of the negro but the real controlling power of the race that was shaping its life and thought and preparing the race for action was unnoticed and in fact unseen by them the element most bitterly antagonistic to the whites avoided them through intense hatred and the whites never dreamed of this powerful inner circle that was gradually but persistently working its way in every direction solidifying the race for the momentous conflict of securing all the rights due them according to the will of their heavenly father belton also stumbled upon another misconception which caused him eventually to lose his job as nurse the young men in the families in which belton worked seemed to have a poor opinion of the virtue of colored women time and again they tried to kiss belton and he would sometimes have to exert his full strength to keep them at a distance he thought that while he was a nurse he would do what he could to exalt the character of the colored women so at every chance he got he talked to the men who approached him of virtue and integrity he soon got the name of being a virtuous prude and the white men decided to corrupt him at all hazards midnight carriage rides were offered and refused trips to distant cities were proposed but declined money was offered freely and lavishly but to no avail belton did not yield to them he became the sinusure of all eyes 
he seemed so hard to reach that they began to doubt his sex a number of them decided to satisfy themselves at all hazards they resorted to the bold and daring plan of kidnapping and overpowering belton after that eventful night belton did no more nursing but fortunately they did not recognize who he was he secretly left had it announced that belton piedmont would in a short time return to richmond throwing off his disguise he appeared in richmond as belton piedmont of old the town was agog with excitement over the male nurse but none suspected him he was now again without employment and another most grievous burden was about to be put on his shoulders may god enable him to bear it during all the period of their poverty-stricken condition antoinette bore her deprivations like a heroine though accustomed from her childhood to plenty she bore her poverty smilingly and cheerfully not one sigh of regret not one word of complaint escaped her lips she taught belton to hope and have faith in himself but everything seemed to grow darker and darker for him in the whole of his school life he had never encountered a student who could surpass him in intellectual ability and yet here he was with all his conceited worth unable to find a fit place to earn his daily bread all because of the colour of his skin and now the lord was about to bless him with an offspring he hardly knew whether to be thankful or sorrowful over this prospective gift from heaven on the one hand an infant in the home would be a source of unbounded joy but over against this pleasing picture there stood cruel want pointing its wicked mocking finger at him anxious for another victim as the time for the expected gift drew near belton grew more moody and despondent day by day he grew more and more nervous one evening the nurse called him into his wife's room bidding him come and look at his son the nurse stood in the door and looked hard at belton as he drew near to the side of his wife's bed he lifted the lamp from the dresser and approached antoinette turned toward the wall and hid her head under the cover eagerly tremblingly belton pulled the cover from the little child's face the nurse all the while watching him as though her eyes would pop out of her head belton bent forward to look at his infant son a terrible shriek broke from his lips he dropped the lamp upon the floor and fled out of the house and rushed madly through the city the colour of antoinette was brown the colour of belton was dark but the child was white what pen can describe the tumult that raged in belton's bosom for months and months sadly disconsolately broken in spirit thoroughly dejected belton dragged himself to his mother's cottage at winchester like a ship that had started on a voyage on a bright day with fair winds but had been overtaken and overwhelmed in an ocean storm and had been put back to shore so belton now brought his battered bark into harbour again his brothers and sisters had all married and had left the maternal roof belton was asleep in the law from which in his childhood he tumbled down when disturbed about the disappearing biscuits how he longed and sighed for childhood's happy days to come again he felt that life was too awful for him to bear his feelings toward his wife were more of pity than reproach like the multitude he supposed that his failure to properly support her had tempted her to ruin he loved her still if anything more passionately than ever but ah what were his feelings in those days toward the flag which he had loved so dearly which floated proudly and undisturbed while colour prejudice upheld by it sent as he thought cruel want withdrawn sword to stab his family honour to death belton had now lost all hope of personal happiness in this life and as he grew more and more composed he found himself better prepared than ever to give his life wholly to the righting of the wrongs of his people tenderly he laid the image of antoinette to rest in a grave in the very centre of his heart he covered her grave with fragrant flowers and though he acknowledged the presence of a corpse in his heart twas the corpse of one he loved we must leave our beautiful heroine 
under a cloud just here but god is with her and will bring her forth conqueror in the sight of men and angels End of chapter eleven